There is one person that we invite in every year, and it's Todd Wilson. Now, for those of you who don't know Todd or those of you who do, you know that Todd travels around in an RV with his family for part of the year, speaking at churches and, and uh, conferences and things like that. He's the most sought-after speaker at homeschool conferences. Now, he doesn't just speak about homeschooling. He speaks a great deal about family and, and, and uh, parenting and uh, what I love is that, that Todd speaks about being a dad because you and I know that we live in a generation where um, we need encouragement as far as it relates to our families. We need encouragement as far as it relates to being a dad and, and uh, just living out what it is that God has called us to do. And so um, what, the reason that we bring Todd back every year is because he's a lot of fun and uh, also he's also somebody who gives a great deal of substance but what I love about Todd and Debbie personally is that as we've got to know them through the years, even from the very first year, uh, just a few minutes with Todd, when you interact with him and his family, you find out that they're the real deal. They're the real deal. And uh, so because of that, they've had a very special place in the heart of this congregation. So um, Todd has become a very close personal friend of mine through the years. And so I want to... Uh, just tell you to be ready to be encouraged today, be ready to be challenged today, and would you please join with me in giving a very warm Calvary welcome to Todd Wilson. All right, it's good being here. I love to hear when people go, Woo! is my mom here? Uh, was that you, Kim? Okay, I just want to make sure. I want to make sure. Well, it's good being here. Uh, it does feel like uh, that when I come in, I feel like you all should say, welcome home, Todd. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. It's not as fun when I have to tell you to say it. Uh, <laughs> later on, say it, okay? Um, but Because it feels like that. We travel around, and I think I go here as often as I go to my real church at home, back home. Um, but it just feels good here. In fact, uh, I was saying that uh, I was, we've been traveling around. We've been out for not, not super long, but it feels like super long um, when you're out in an RV. And, but I have. I have gotten uh, to be able to spend the night in lots of new Walmarts that I've never sp- spent the night at. And uh, I, I, so far, the record shows that I was the first person to park in your new parking lot uh, and spend the night in it, I mean. Uh, so, uh, so that seems like they should at least get a plaque or something, Dan, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the Todd Wilson space or something. Um, but, uh, uh, we met in, uh, I was in Dallas, uh, last, uh, Monday, this past Monday, and I met a, uh, lady came up to me and she goes, oh, you're going to be at Calvary Jupiter, uh, soon, aren't you? I said, yeah, I'm going to be there Sunday. And she goes, oh, I wish I could go with you. And, and she said, uh, I went there four years ago, or I, I left four years ago. She went here. Her name was Debbie Schneider. I don't know if any of you know who Debbie Schneider was. She went on and on and on about what a wonderful church this is. She said, you know, I miss my church. She said, uh, I go to a great church now, but it's not as good as this one. And she goes, and the pastor, he's a good guy, but not as good as that one. Um, in fact, she said, we're going to... Uh, they were going through your Revelation series. Uh, she was going through with uh, a bunch of ladies, and she said, every week we listen to Pastor Dan. So I thought that was so cool. And then she said, could I come with you in your RV? And I said, 
no, you can't come with me in my RV. Um, uh, but it is good being back. And just to catch you up a little bit, um, my fam- family continues to get older, and I continue to get older. Uh, it's not very fun. But the fun part is, as your family gets older, it just gets better. It just gets better. Uh, in fact, I think, I, I know I told you last time uh, we had a, uh, uh, our first grandchild. Um, now uh, we're expecting our second grandchild. Um, so after January, I will be a grandparent of grandchildren, not grandchild, which sounds really old. Um, um, but uh, my second oldest son, Sam, uh, he got engaged about uh, six, five, five or six weeks ago. And my fourth oldest child, uh, Ike, uh, he's my third son, he got engaged last night. Um, so, yeah, it was really exciting. We're really excited. And so uh, we have eight children. I, I know there are new people here, so you don't know the whole Todd story. Um, we have eight children. We've traveled around the country encouraging families because families need encouragement, right? And... Uh, 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 the, my four youngest are with me right now, but we're all gathering. Uh, we've done this for the last several years, uh, where we kind of do a little fall loop. We kind of go out, go a different direction. Sometimes we go East coast, West coast and, uh, send right down the center. And then we end up in, uh, Fort wilderness at, at Disney world, uh, for about eight to 10 days. And we're all going to be there. Um, all the, everybody's coming in. Uh, in fact, my son just arrived. He and his wife, uh, Rissa and their daughter, Drove down a little 1976 trailer uh, for the first time. So uh, I asked him how the first night on the road was in his very first Walmart, and he said, nightmarish. <laughs> so uh, it only gets better. It only gets better. In fact, you know you ruined your kids. You know, I mean, uh, we spent the night at uh, uh, Winter Haven. Is that south of uh, Orlando? Uh, and, uh, if you know me, you know, I don't have any hobbies, but I keep track of the Walmart. So we stay in, um, you're laughing like that's a funny thing. It's a cool thing. And, uh, uh, and so I keep track of the unique Walmarts. And so, uh, the one in Winter Haven was number 274, uh, unique Walmart stays. And, but here's how you know you've ruined your children. When, uh, in the spring, one of my sons and I, we were leaving our RV early in the morning, walking into Walmart. And we're, you know, it's when the sun is just coming up and he kind of, he, 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 we're walking side by side and he goes, because it smells good to be in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, so family's growing, and it's just, like I said, it gets better. Here's the deal. Um, We're excited to be here. I hope you get super encouraged today because, you know, you don't need just another good message because your pastor is a great preacher. Um, I listen to his messages. He's great. But I'm here, like, to tell you something that God wants you to hear just today. Because the thing is, you all came into this building today believing some lies, you know, not, and it's probably not theological lies. You believe lies like everybody else in here is doing okay. You came in thinking, if you're married, that everybody else is more happily married than you. You came in thinking, oh, I bet her husband listens to her. I bet her, (laughs) are you okay, ladies? 
Uh, or maybe you came in as a husband thinking, I bet you her, his wife cares about him. Or, or maybe you thought, oh, I bet you their family is not dysfunctional like our family. I bet you they all like each other. I bet you none of them were mad at each other coming into church this morning because I know some of you were. I mean, and I remember, I used to be a pastor. I, I hated being up here sometimes because sometimes, you know, I would be up here, my wife and I had an argument all the way in, and I'm like, let's just praise God together. And, and I looked out at my wife, and we get eye contact. I can hear her going, die, die, die. But you know what? That's everyone in here. It's just hard, as I've talked before when I was here in the past. You know, these relationships are difficult. But, and here's what I want. Here's what I believe God would have you here today. I think he wants you to be real. He just wants you to be real. In fact, you've got that little uh, Calvary message notes things. You're not going to have to write notes on it. I know some of you already have, and uh, you put my name at the top of the paper, didn't you? You're just, uh, did you do it? Yeah. <laughs> Type A kind of people. Uh, all you need to write on there is be real, and then you can set it down. You know, in fact, our scripture today, you could write this down, I guess, if you wanted to, if you had to. Um, it's in uh, James chapter 5, and it, we're going to start in verse 13. And again, the context for all these is that it's written to a bunch of people just like you, just like me. And it says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If, if they've sinned, they will be forgiven. And here's the part we're going to kind of focus in on. Therefore... Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know, because I just want to talk about being real. Um, you know, and when I say the word real, um, what does that mean to you? This is like word association. Honest, authentic, truthful, open. Anything else? Transparent. All those things, right? You know, the, the truth is, it's easy to be open and honest and vulnerable and transparent when everything's going great. When you feel close to your spouse and when you feel like your kids, if you have little kids, have been obedient. And I know some of you don't even know what that is. But, um, you know, or, or uh, you know, your older kids, you feel close to them. Your relationships feel good. Life's under control. The car's running. And it's easy to be open and honest then. But it's not so easy to be open and honest and vulnerable when maybe if you're a young mom and your, your voice is hoarse, because not because you have a cold, but because you've been hollering at your kids. Or maybe your eyes are puffy because you've just been crying over a broken heart. But that's when we need to be real. In fact, we don't like being real. We've never liked being real. I mean, if you think about it, Adam and Eve, the first couple, you know, perfect, open, honest, vulnerable. They were buck naked, for goodness sake. There was nothing you could hide. As soon as they sinned, as soon as they failed, what did they do? They hid and they 
covered themselves. They covered up. Why did they do that? That's what the Bible said. The Bible said they were ashamed. If I could be so bold as to think to say what they were thinking, I wonder if they thought this. If God knew what I was really like on the inside, maybe he wouldn't like me anymore. So they hid and they covered it all up. I think we've been doing that ever since. Have you ever been to the mall and seen a group of teenage boys? And have you ever noticed how they all look alike? Not like all teenage boys in, in, together, but this group. I mean, if one of them has a sports shirt on, they all have a sports shirt on. If one of them has his hat cocked to the side, they all have their hat cocked to the side. If one of them has a certain style of jean or they wear it a certain way, they all do. You know, teenage girls the same way. If one of them has a hat with a ponytail sticking out of the back and jeans and flip-flops, they all have a hat with a ponytail sticking out of the back and jeans and flip-flops. I don't think they're doing that to be cool. I think they're hiding. If my friends knew what I was really like on the inside, maybe they wouldn't like me anymore. So they, you know, try to blend in. Um, I think there's a uh, group uh, that does it worse, I guess, than teenage girls and boys. Would you like to guess who they are? Us. The church. You know, after all, boy, we're supposed to we're supposed to have the answers. You know, Jesus is the way. You know, and uh, so we we see each other. We go to Facebook and we go to Instagram, and everybody always looks happy. And you know, their families are always amazing, and they're going on amazing vacations. You know, and the wife writes these amazing love notes to her husband who doesn't even have an account, uh, <laughs> so he can see it, you know, and you read those and you go, wow, they must really love each other. What an amazing family. And then you look at your family, you know, and you see your husband over there in his underwear on the couch going, you know, and you look at your kids who don't seem so amazing or yourself who doesn't feel too amazing and then you go, I can't let anybody see this. And so then you start to play this game, this I've got it all together game. You know, when we play that game, nobody wins. In fact, everybody loses. In fact, when you play that game, what does it feel like? You feel like you're lying, you're fake. Anything else? You feel isolated? You feel all alone. Like everybody in this room is laughing. Everybody in this room is having a good time, except you. You may be laughing on the outside, but you feel like you're dying inside and feel all alone. You know, in fact, feel like you feel like you're carrying this huge weight, which tells me this is a lie. Because here's the thing about the lie. Who do they all originate with? Who is the father of of lies. And I don't know if it says this in the Bible. I, I have never found it, but lies feel heavy. You know, the thing about Jesus is, what did he say about his burden? It was easy and light. See the distinction? And so it's like we carry this huge weight on our back. In fact, we lived, uh, or we had some friends who lived in a super stressful situation. Um, they lived overseas. They were there for a couple years. And uh, when they when they came home, the wife said to my wife, Debbie, who's a super real person, said, hey, could I come over and talk? 
And my wife said, yeah, come on over. Now, I should tell you about this lady. That This lady is the kind of lady that you would go, wow, she's got it all together. I mean, she seems like a really a spiritual giant, Proverbs 31 woman. I mean, her voice or her, her speech is just filled with scripture. She talks about loving God and trusting Jesus and sharing the gospel. And, and she said, when she was with my wife, she said, now, while I was having my quiet time one day, my little five-year-old daughter came in and started pestering me. You know, you know how they are. And she was like, mommy, 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 mommy. And she's like, no, mommy's meeting with God, and you need to go away. And, of course, the little girl didn't go away, and it just kept escalating. You know, she's getting, ripping things and ripped a page, page in her Bible and broke a pen, you know, knocked pencils over, and it just got, kept getting worse and worse. Like, she's like a pit bull who just won't let go. And finally, the wife said, you know, I was so frustrated. I just grabbed her by her little arm, and I can't remember the details, but she goes, I either pushed or pulled, but I broke her wrist. And then this mom said to my wife, I haven't told anyone that in two years except you right now. For two years, what did that mom feel? Guilt, shame. Do you think she heard whispers? What kind of mother do you think you are? You think everybody thinks so highly of you. What would they think if they knew the real you? When she told my wife, what did it feel like? Was it embarrassing? Oh, yeah. Was it vulnerable? Yes. Did it feel terrible? Yes. Did it feel incredibly great? Yes. That is a byproduct of being real. I am telling you, some of you have been carrying around this thing for so long, trying to play this game for so long, that, and you're miserable. You need to be real. But that's not the power. The power is in James chapter 5 that we read, and we're going to look at it again. It says, therefore, uh, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, don't raise your hand, but how many of you need healing? You know, how many of you feel a million miles away from your spouse? How many of you feel like you do this with your children all day long? Maybe if they're little. Maybe you haven't talked to your children if they're older. Maybe you don't even know where they are. And your heart is broken and needs healing. I'll tell you, that's why I'm the family man. That's why I encourage families, because we all feel that way. I used to think, you know, when my kids were young, that that it was pretty easy. But it doesn't feel that way anymore. I'm telling you, no healing will take place if nobody prays. And nobody's going to pray if nobody knows. And nobody's going to know unless you tell them. You know? So you need to be real. What's your name, ma'am? Right, yeah, right you. Lisa, he shouldn't have sat on the front row, Lisa. Um, in fact, we're just going to have Lisa stand up right now and tell us all the terrible things in her life right now. Uh, she said we don't have that much time. No, we're not going to do that. Um, even though it would be a lot of fun for us out here to listen, uh, but it wouldn't be a lot of fun for Lisa. But Lisa needs to have someone she can be real with. I'm telling you, all you husbands and wives, you need to be able to be real with your spouse. Now, it's not so hard necessarily for guys to be real with their wives, but it's sometimes hard for wives to be real with their guys. You know, Because my wife, she has said to me, Todd, I can't be real with you. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't be real with me? 
She goes, well, you know, you always want to tell me why I'm wrong for feeling what I'm feeling. You know, why I shouldn't be feeling what I'm feeling. And I'm like, I don't do that. And so I said, I heard you talking with your sister, and you were telling her these things. I didn't even know them. Would you tell me? And she goes, no, I'm not going to. I'm like, tell me. She goes, no, you're getting, no, because you all do those things. And I'm like, no, give me a chance. I'll prove it. And she goes, fine. She goes, it's just that I feel all alone, and I feel like I don't have any friends, you know, and I feel lonely. And I'm like, well, that's where you're wrong right there. You got lots of friends. <laughs> <laughs> And then I list them all out, you know. (laughs) And she never says, well, thank you, Todd. That really makes a lot of sense. You're right. I'm not lonely. (laughs) Husbands, your wife just wants to be able to be real with you without you freaking out. She wants to be able to go, you know, if she says to you, well, I don't like our kids. Doesn't mean she doesn't like your kids. It might, actually. but (laughs) But it wears off, you know. It just means she's frustrated. If she says, well, I don't want to be married anymore, doesn't mean she doesn't want to be married anymore. No. You don't need to take it personal, even though I know it feels personal. I know it does. She just wants to be able to be real. She wants you to fight for your marriage. She wants you to fight for your kids. But she wants to be able to be real. So you need to be be real with each other. You also need to have maybe someone that you can be real with, a partner. A real partner. Um, I remember uh, encouraging a bunch of ladies one time to get a real partner. And, and this lady came up to me a couple years later. And she goes, oh, Todd. She said, having a real partner is the highlight of my month. She said, you know, we get together and we tell it like it is. And she goes, the only thing was, and she thought this was funny. She said, it was kind of funny. She said, because when I was thinking, who could I ask to be my real partner? You know? The perfect mom asked me to be her real partner. And I thought, oh, great. You know, I'm going to have to tell her how terrible I am and all my struggles. And, you know, she's going to have nothing to confess except how, like, one time she ate processed sugar. And, <laughs> and I thought, we're going to just, it's not, there's just going to be nothing in common. And I said, so how did it go? And she beamed this huge smile, and she goes, I found out she's just as bad as I am. (laughs) And then I said, because I knew how it would play out. I said, so, did it make you think less of her? And she screws up her face, and she goes, well, no. It made me think more of her. And I thought, isn't that interesting? I believe we have been duped by the enemy, by the father of lies, into believing that if people know the real you, and it is ugly sometimes, isn't it? That, that they will think less of you. When the truth is, they will think more of you. I've seen it in my life. You know, I can remember uh, my, my wife going out with uh, uh, a lady in, uh, who was part of our church. And she, was, she, was, she and her husband seemed like they had this like, perfect connection to God. You know, every, every time you talk to them, any struggle they were going through, well, we're just trusting God. And, you know, they had the right scripture, and it was the right answer. And they just seemed like they had it all together, always had the right response. And my wife said, oh, yeah, she, she went out with her. And she said, when I was out with Joan, she told me this. She said, Joan told me she was so mad at her husband that she hauled off. She popped him in the arm and told, the go, told him to go to not Jupiter, Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's quite a bit farther south. Uh, <laughs> and I don't mean Miami either, uh, even though it is closer. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, and I thought, way to go. Not that I was condoning her sin. You know, she didn't need me to go, well, that wasn't a very godly response. You know, is that how Jesus would want her to respond? She didn't need me to do that. She already knew it. But somehow her standing in my head went like this. <laughs> I, I love those kind of maniacal laughs. Uh, you know, those people that you're real with, it will happen with them too. So I just want to encourage you to be real. And again, that's why I like this church. That's why I like your pastor. You know, I, I go to, I, I'm not a Facebook guy. I don't do Instagram. But every once in a while, I'll just check on Dan. Because I like to see what he's posting. Because he likes it. Because he loves his church and he loves his family. And he posts real things about his kids, you know. I mean, half the things that he posts that he does with his kids, he'd probably be arrested for, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, honey, did you see what he did with his kids? You know, I mean, did you see his a recent post? I mean, I guess it's not been super recent. But he was having one of the twins, uh, they were reciting John 3.16. Did you see that? You should go and see it. He's like, for God's, or for, and, and uh, his only forgotten son, you know. And, and, you know, he didn't correct him. He just records it, you know. And I think that is so awesome. And I love it. But for some of you, it is hard to be real. Because you've been playing the game for so long and you're miserable. I'm telling you, do it. Do it. Find someone safe to, to be with and be Real with them. I, I had a mom who wrote me, and she said, Todd, you know, I'm one of those moms. I'm one of those moms who looks like they had it all together. Everybody thinks I'm like the perfect mom. You know, I've got a bunch of kids, and, and you know, we all wear, they all wear matching clothes, and, and they all, you know, whatever. And, and she goes, but I'm, I'm so unhappy. And she said, so I decided I was going to write an email to all my friends after listening to you. And so I wrote an email to all my mom friends, and she gave me a copy, and I wish I had it, but I deleted it somehow. And, and she, but basically, it was like, you know, you think I've, I've got it all together, but I don't. She goes, my husband and I, I just feel distant from him. You know, my kids and I, we've all been arguing. My voice is hoarse from yelling at them this morning, you know. And, and she went on and on. It just kept getting worse and worse and wonderfuller and wonderfuller. And by the end, she said... You know, right now, she said, I'm just so frustrated. I'm looking out my kitchen window, and I can see my five-year-old, my five-year-old son outside urinating on a rock. <laughs> now, when all her mom friends read that, what do you think they thought? Ew, that's so terrible. They didn't think that, did they? What did they think instead? Yes, <laughs> yes. She's just like me. I'm telling you, if you don't feel like you have very many friends, or it might be because... You're not real. Because when we are not real, when we play the game, it puts up a wall. People don't like to come to people who are happy all the time and feel like they've got everything under control. Do they? No. You know, I was, I was that guy. I tried to be that guy. Because when I was in college, I, I thought it was my job to win my university, which is Purdue University, to Christ all by myself. You know, there were 40,000 students, and I thought I could do it. I didn't do it, and I couldn't do it. 
But I would wake up every morning because, hey, I didn't have a family. I didn't have any wife. I didn't have anything. I, so I'd get up and have my quiet time at 4 o'clock in the morning, have it for a couple hours. And when I hit the campus, I was like the Shekinah glory was just beaming off of me. And I mean, I hit the campus, the sidewalks, and I was, I was, I was glorious. You know? And I can remember out on that sidewalk running into this guy named George. And George was one of those guys who was like an Eeyore. I mean, he just had a cloud that followed him wherever he went. And so that one morning, it was just like this. I'm, I'm, I see George. I said, hey, George, how's it going? And he's like, not very good, Dodd. And then he said, but, but you would never know what that was like. And I thought, I mean, it really stopped me. And I thought, have I really given that impression that I've got it all under? And the truth was I had. And it put a, it put a wall between him, him and I. And right then, I decided on that sidewalk that I would never be that way again. That when things are good, I would, things are going to be good. But when things were not good, I would not pretend that they were good. And I was going to be real. So you need to be real. Number two, you need to allow others to be real with you. You need to let people be real with you. Because sometimes we have a problem doing that. Do you know what my wife didn't say to that lady who broke her daughter's wrist? She didn't go, oh, you broke your, her wrist? Well, you know you could go to jail for that. She didn't say that. What do you think she said instead? I'm sorry. Oh, you're a good mom. I know you didn't mean to. You know, there are times I could have grabbed kids and grabbed them too hard. I could have broken bones. You know, times I wanted to break them all. <laughs> and when she did, guess what? That relationship opened up. You know, but have you ever been real with someone and wish you hadn't been? Maybe you take, took a step out and like, oh, can I come back? You know, I, I had one of those friends who came into my office one day. And again, you know, he's like, how you do? I said, how you doing, Greg? And he's like, oh, not very good, Todd. And he goes, oh, I've been such a lousy husband. And I said, oh, me too. I said, I just said this to my wife this morning before I left for work. And I told him. And he looked at me and he goes, you're kidding me. You said that? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just kidding. What did you say you wanted? <laughs> my wife will even say that when she was, uh, when we started as a pastor of this church we were in, we were in a, she started a Bible study, and it was a ladies' Bible study, and they, got, they were in a big old circle, you know, like the first session. And they all went around telling what they'd like in a Bible study. And the first one's like, I want to do an inductive Bible study. I want to do a, you know, share my faith. I want to pray for our missionaries. I want to, you know, whatever. And it went all the way around and finally came to my wife. And my wife said, well, you know, I'd just like to be able to tell you when I don't like my husband, I've yelled at my kids, and I haven't had a quiet time in a month. And as soon as she said that, Dottie, who was sitting like right next to her, who's like the life of the party, Dottie goes, oh, you could never do that because you're the pastor's wife. And it was like someone went and put a big cork in her mouth. You know what my wife never shared with that group of ladies the 10 years that we were there? She didn't like her husband, yelled at her kids, and uh, hadn't had a quiet time in a month. Do you know what never took place in those 10 years we were there? Healing. Healing. Because don't you suppose, was it Lisa again? Lisa. Don't you just suppose if Lisa stood up and said, you know, would you just pray for me? Because I feel like I have no joy. And I just feel joyless and I, whatever. 
Don't you just think if we said, yeah, we'll, we'll pray for that. Do you think if we pray for that, that Lisa would have joy? I believe that because that's the promise. So that in order that promise that you may be healed. Why isn't it happening? Because we're too afraid. We're afraid to tell people like it is. We're afraid to mention our pasts, let alone our presence. I'm telling you, everybody around you is just like you. Just like you. You know, in fact, people say, that's not true, Todd. I know people who do have it all together. And again, have you been, ever heard me speak before? You know, the Greek word for that is baloney. You know, it's not true. It's not true. That's just part of those lies. The truth is, they're just like you around you. And they're waiting for you to show them how to be real. So you allow others to be real with you. So when they're real with you, you don't need to give all your wisdom. You just need to listen and go, I bet that is hard. You know, again, but we're not very good at that. Um, you know, like I, I mentioned, uh, or um, Dan mentioned, we homeschool our kids. And sometimes when we're out on the road, I mean, our homeschooling is more like RVing school. Um, because when you're bouncing down the road, it's hard to write, you know, and it's loud. And so my kids have seen everything, have been everywhere. Um, uh, you know, we get to do a lot of fun things. We get to meet you. And um, I think it's an amazing way to, to learn. But I know my, my, my wife has a sister who's a homeschooler, and she's like, she dots her I's, and I was thinking dots her T's and crosses her eyes. But, well, you know, she could cross her eyes, I guess. Um, but, uh, but, uh, but, you know, and she does everything just perfect. And so sometimes we're, I can remember driving down the road, and we're driving down the road, and, and she's talking to her sister, and I can tell they're talking about homeschooling, and, and my, the question comes up, because you know how you can tell what other people are talking about? The question comes up, so how's school going? And so my wife is on the line with her sister, and she tells her exactly what I just told you. On the other end of the line is this. Silence. What does that silence do to anybody who hears it? It reinforces the lie that she's believing, right? Oh, you're right, I am failing as a mom. Thanks for the reminder. What should you say instead? Sounds like fun. Sounds like you're having a good time. We don't need each other like some kind of Gestapo, Christian Gestapo checking on each other. You know, we've taken that, that verse that says, encourage one another to love and good works. We've taken it to discourage one another to love and good works. And it doesn't work. So when someone's real with you, just let them be real. You don't have to freak out. Just let them be real. In fact, I, I was telling, a, uh, I didn't mention this in the first service, but a lady came up to me, and we were just talking. Um, I remember this one mom came up to me, and she goes, I'm not so sure that's true, Todd, about being real and everything. She said, because one time I was talking to my best friend. Best friend. And she said, you know, I had several kids, and I was just frustrated, and I had been having a hard week. And I said, oh, man, I feel like I could kill them all. She said, the next day, Child Protective Services came to my house. Do we all say silly things like that? Yes. If your best friend says something like that, be her best friend and say, oh, 
I bet that's hard. I felt the same way. You allow others to be real with you. Um, and again, for some of you, that, that's going to be hard. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you where you can do it. You can do it on Facebook. You can do it on Instagram. Because Instagram and Facebook and all the, that's poison, by the way. It's poison. Because what do you do? You compare yourself. You know, and again, you, you, you're, you're, those notes to husbands that don't read them and, you know, all those things and those, that food. And you read those and you think, oh, that's, that's, that's how it is. That's how it is. That's amazing. In fact, I, I do, I, I've written, drawn some cartoons. And, and I'll write cartoons about, like, how hard it is to be a dad or how hard it is to be a mom. And I'll put one on, on Facebook. And it get pass, it'll get it passed around a thousand times. Maybe a hundred thousand people will view it. And there'll be a hundred comments. And all the comments are like, oh, that's just like my family. I'm just like that. Oh, we had a hard week. And then some nice Christian mom will say, oh, I've never found myself in those predicaments. I love being a mom. It's such a joy and a blessing. And guess what happens? There will not be one more comment. It stops right there. I'm not kidding. It's like someone put a line in the sand and nobody answers after that because now they're all embarrassed to be real. I'm telling you, let other people be real. And then thirdly, you need to know what is not real. You know, all those pictures that you see are not real. Yes, they're real families, but what you see is not real. It's just like a little microsecond of a real family. And so you need to say out loud, when you see that post that makes you start to feel discouraged, and they're frolicking, you know, in some swimming pool in whatever, some exotic destination, you need to say, that's not real. Okay? You can't think it. you got to say it out loud. So practice it with me right now. One, two, three. That's not real. Okay? you got to say it. Husbands, you remind your wives of that. When they... I mean, my wife the other day, she's like, oh, she was talking about some, uh, a friend of hers that's been married for the second or third time, and, you know, and she just got married, and, you know, they're saying these loving things, and she goes, oh, they just look so in love, and I'm like, yeah, what big deal, who cares, she was with some other guy a week ago, now she's married to this guy, and you believe this? You know what? She does. She does, because the father of lies is whispering to her. You need to say, that's not real. You know, I've taken those pictures. We had one of those pictures that, our, that my family took. One of those, we were here in Florida. We were at a resort, and it was this exotic, you know, whatever, wonderful place. And, but we were mad at each other. I can remember barking at my kids, and my wife, she wasn't liking me, and I was okay with that because I wasn't liking her. And... <laughs> We were going through, and we're walking through, and I've got a camera on my shoulder, and this guy sees this camera, and he goes, hey, would you like me to take your picture? And I'm like, I wanted to say, do we look like we wanted you to take our picture? <laughs> but I didn't. And he, I said, sure. And so we backed up, and he went, cheese, and we went cheese, and he went click, and the thing clicked. And then we went back to being mean to each other. And as we were looking through the pictures later, I got to that one, I'm like, wow, this is a good picture. Maybe this is the best picture we've ever taken. And my wife goes, which one? I'm like, this? And she goes, I hate that picture. I'm like, why? She goes, because I remember what we were like. I'm like, that's why I like it. Because <laughs> it serves as a reminder to me. And it should serve as a reminder to you that what you see is not real. So you might even have that opportunity out there in that breezeway. 
when you see those cute little kids or whatever, and they look, just say, that's not real. Because <laughs> it's not. It's not. And I think if we, will know, if we will be real, allow others to be real with us and know it is not real, we'll never be the same again. We will never be the same again. And healing will take place. And maybe we'll just change the world. Thanks for allowing me to be here. Um, we've got a, a ministry, like I've told you, if you've heard me speak, Family Man Ministries. Um, we have a table out there with lots of products out there. We've got some, uh, some I'm not gonna, I won't go on about what they all are, but we've got books to encourage you. We've got a Christmas game if, uh, that is a super cool thing. And the cool thing is you don't have to pay the like $13 shipping to get it here because we're not Amazon. We've got some You to Dad daily calendars, page a day calendars for dads. Um, I know lots of you have had them in the past. We've got our brand new 2019 out there. If you're looking for a good stocking stuffer or something to encourage your husband, they're out there. And then if you want a cool hat, dads, I found the perfect hat. You know, there are only a few choices in a man's life that you have to make. You have to pick a, a wife, you know, a, a career, a, you know, a savior, and then, of course, a hat. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is the hat. I'm telling you. It says family man. When you hold it. It's like holding a newborn baby. Uh, Trust me on this one. I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to let you go. Father, we just thank you for this time to laugh. And we thank you for loving us, for knowing us, with all the ugliness, and still you do. I just pray that we would be able to be real. And for the moms and dads and and others who who feel like there's no way they can, would you help them to be strong? and courageous, and find someone that they can share it with. And we just pray, Father, that uh, uh, through this, we're just going to claim this promise, that you promised that we would be healed if we prayed for one another. And so we're just claiming that now. We just thank you for this, this time. I thank you for this church body, for this pastor, and for this great body of people. We pray all this in your name. And all the moms and dads and grandparents and everybody else said, amen, amen. We'll see you again next time.